Welcome to The Goth and the Sloth. I am your sloth, Matt. And I'm Luna the Goth. This is a podcast of two friends living a country apart, living our best lives, and, you know, getting into what we get into. <laughs> we decided to take the first part of our lo- of the of our lives of this <laughs> podcast to uh, chronicle the COVID-19 pandemic as well as the major civil unrest and basically what it's like to live in 2020 as the world unravels. Yeah, that's really what it is. That's what it's become at this point. It was it was pandemic and now it's just life <laughs> falling apart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how how you been? Oh good, still hanging in there, still kicking it. That's always just gotta good. gotta do what you gotta do. Get through this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? You know, I'm tired today. Very tired. But Oh, you were up late. I was. <laughs> <laughs> That's allowed. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's jump into it. What's going on in the greater Virginia area this week? So in Virginia, uh, it's bad. It's real bad. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we have 118,809 cases, which is up 9,000 from Whoa. last week. Yeah, big spike. Um, 9,512 uh, hospitalizations, which is up about 500, and we are up to 2,568 deaths, which is up about 140 from last week. Ouch. So, like, all the numbers are spiked up. Yeah, that's not um, it's, it's, it's like, I mean, it's always scary every time I see numbers spike like this, but this is scaring me even more right now because we're about to head into flu season, mm-hmm. and it's like, Oh wow! Like this is this could get really bad. I mean, like worse. Yeah. I mean, we're, of course it's bad. Like we have two hundred thousand people have died from this, so it's not like it, we're not at bad yet. Right? <laughs> like, we've been at horrible this whole time. Um. So the other big news that's going on, probably nationwide, but uh, here in Richmond. So Virginia Commonwealth University is here in Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um. And students have been returning to VCU, and they are currently reporting over 100 cases at the university. But based on folks that work there, uh, that number is maybe extremely conservative. Wow. Um, They're guessing it's probably more like 300, but you can't find those numbers anywhere. So I don't know. I I really don't know. I don't work there. Um, As of this past Thursday, they're using the Honors College a residential hall to isolate infected students. So now there are students in quarantine on campus. Unfortunately, even though the university has been working on like, how are we going to respond to this? What are we going to do if there are cases, all that stuff? They didn't inform the staff that work in that building that this would be happening until like, like a day before and so the staff are really upset about it. They feel like the university is just putting them at risk and they don't care. And, um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a clusterfuck. Yeah. It's a bit of a clusterfuck. That's what it sounds like. Uh, in addition, there are many rumors uh, about how VCU and a lot of other universities are just trying to stay open past the drop ad date after which tuition is not refundable so that they can you know shut down or switch to online only or whatever but still get tuition um and a lot of people are really upset about that as well there's not really any proof that that's what they're doing but if you look at uh behaviors of university leadership um it's probably likely (laughs) Yeah, that's a that's a. Good I can't one. say that that's definitely what's happening, but it's not outside of the realm of possibility. Yeah, that's a good way to act during a pandemic. Uh, let's screw people Ugh. out of money. Absolutely, why not? <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. So it's just there's no like I said there's that's not substantiated anyway. Um, I think that they were taking uh, some consideration because there was a big upswelling around that Mm -hmm. um so i think that university leadership may be trying to answer that i'm not sure yet but yeah it's it's a little it's a little wild like 
and with this, just seeing all those numbers go up, I'm just like, oh no, yeah. oh no. So, yeah. What about Colorado? What's <laughs> going on over there? Well, we're actually looking not too bad. Um, oh, good. We're at fifty-six thousand seven hundred seventy-three cases, which is up two thousand week to week, which is pretty much been on par for the last few weeks. Um, okay. Not up or down, just steady. Uh, okay. 6,945 hospitalizations, uh, so that that's 148 up week to week, which is actually double last week, so that's not Oh, good. really? Yeah. Mm. But on the best news is, well, best as you can say it relatively, um, we're at 1,843 deaths, which is only up 28 week to week, which is wow. the lowest week to week death rate uh, since we started this podcast. Wow, that's really awesome. So, So, I mean, it sounds like doctors everywhere, but especially in your area, it sounds like they're learning how to treat people with it. Yeah, that's what it seems like, yeah. Um, This week's surprising with the hospitalizations kind of going up, and if we can just get the cases down, we can start looking pretty good again. Yeah, absolutely. And really, like, I mean, the, the most important thing is people not dying yeah so you know the even if hospitalizations are going up as long as we're not maxed out with hospital beds and we know how to treat to really minimize the death toll yep like that may be the best we can do until some at some point when a meteor actually hits the planet and we (laughs) all die um <laughs> no, someone's gonna uncover like a rock under the sea and it's gonna release some kaiju. That's what's gonna happen. Mm, yeah. Or all of these things or at the same at the time. Same really, time. I'm I'm kind of just expecting that we're gonna have a grand finale <laughs> and at the end it's just over and the new the new occupants of Earth will come ship themselves in. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, news wise, Colorado COVID wise has been pretty quiet on the front. We're just, you know, doing what we're doing, but on civil unrest wise, Hmm. it's starting to spike again. Oh yeah. Uh, Everywhere. Everywhere. Um, which I'll get to in a second, specifically in Colorado though. Uh, we've had, uh, proud boys showing up at, uh, the protests starting trouble. Um, and, uh, the police like to do a thing. I've started to notice whenever there's a big night of like tear gassing and a lot of arrests and back and forth, they tend to also then the next day or next day or two tend to uh, clear out some of the, the tent cities. Like mm-hmm. it's like an extra punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I've heard about that, um. So they've been doing that a Just, lot lately again. Oh man, it's. A, I mean, yeah. I guess I, I. I hadn't really talked about the civil unrest lately, and it and it, it's almost because it's like so. There's just so much of it going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I've heard of that in Denver. They're they're really cracking down on those tent cities. Yeah. Like. And of course, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, homelessness is spiking. Yeah, no, uh, the CDC, or I think just Denver Public Health, told Mayor Hancock not to do that right now, because if these people do have corona, you're just dispersing them into more areas to infect more people, rather than having a centralized population. Oh, God. And, it's just tragic. Yeah. It's tragic that anybody could be homeless yeah like anybody could like that alone is tragic then imagine having coronavirus on top of that then imagine the police breathing down your neck telling you you can't be here but you also can't be there and you can't be there and you also can't be there so yeah like where (laughs) do you go it just it's yeah Yeah. that's wild and depressing yeah you can't tear down the tent (laughs) cities unless you give them somewhere else to go you can't just be yeah. like, no, you can't be here. Well, then where? Right. Then where? I, 
Oh, boy. And in the greater world, I think it's worth discussing, since we do touch on civil unrest, uh, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Racine has been exploding because, um, uh, unfortunately, I forgot the guy's name, but... Jacob Blake. That's the one. Sorry. Uh, that's okay. He was shot in the back by police, and there's been... Ma- Seven times yes. while walking away. Yep. To his car that had his three sons in it. Yep. He did not have a knife on him. Like, people are like, oh, he had a knife. And, like, I think the police, uh, it had to be the police, were like, he was brandishing a knife when he was trying to break up that fight. But witnesses say they saw no knife, and they only found a knife in the car later. Hmm. Like, well after he was shot. So, there's just so many... There are so many stories out there right now about why he was shot. And the, the bottom line is that it doesn't matter if he had charges out against him. doesn't matter if he had just punched someone in the face. It doesn't matter. No one should be murdered for just walking away from the police. Absolutely. And he wasn't under arrest at the time. Like, they, do, they weren't arresting him. Yeah. They were just trying to stop him for whatever reason. And it like the whole fight wasn't his fight in the first place. He was just going back to his car to leave. Yeah. So it's just Oh man, it's been nuts. And then of course, um what's been making this worse, if you can believe it, is the seventeen year old kid, um really monster who mm-hmm. was joined a militia group that convened um, in order to protect the businesses of Kenosha from the rioting that happened after Jacob Blake was shot. Um, and he killed a man, shot him in the head, was leaving that scene and running away. All the people were chasing him because he had just shot somebody Mm -hmm. he tripped and like on his own he tripped and fell guess he sucks at running Mm -hmm. and the crowd was running toward him because he just shot someone and he's holding an assault rifle rifle so you can see people in the video disarming trying to disarm him uh and he open opens fire and um shoots two other people and two of the three people died. Mm -hmm. One person was shot in the arm. It's gruesome. I was unfortunately online when all of this stuff happened. So I just saw someone say they opened fire in Kenosha. And I like a dumbass, was like, Oh shit, let me see what's going on. And, uh, as soon as I went and I saw the live feed that everyone's sharing around Mm -hmm. with the, um, with the kid just shooting into the crowd and the, the point of view that I saw like is like running over to the guy that got shot in the chest and they're screaming medic. It was extremely graphic. Um, so of course this kid tries to (laughs) try, I guess he was trying to turn himself in. Um, that's, that's what they say was happening. He's definitely walking towards where the cops were with his arms up and the crowd was saying, he just shot people. He just shot shot somebody and the police drive away. Uh, and he ends up getting to go home to Illinois and he gets arrested later. Yeah. Uh, So, yep, that (laughs) happened. Um, and the uh the i think maybe the most depressing slash discouraging thing about it was that the right wing um folks are calling him a patriot and a hero mm-hmm. and uh and i can't i can't cope with that yeah <laughs> i just can't i can't do it there's nothing i just yeah no. That's what's happening. Yeah, no, it's insane. And it's crazy that Kenosha, Wisconsin is a hot like a hotbed. Is that's you know, another part of the revolution. 
is Kenosha, yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's wild, and it's I don't know. I just think that um, here's here's what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about all of the people who, and I'm not I'm not saying this like in a derogatory way. Mm-hmm. It's just a it's just a fact of life. People, especially in the century, people are they do a lot of performative stuff. Yeah. Performative activism, performative whatever. Um, as long as other people's eyes are on them, they behave a certain way. And that's what we do as humans. We change our behavior when we're observed. Um, I'm really concerned that a lot of the support for the Black Lives Matter movement has dissipated. Uh, and... I'm not necessarily seeing an upswell in that support. I think people, maybe people are tired. Maybe people are fed up. Maybe they're like a little iffy on this one for whatever reason that I can't understand. I don't know, but um, I'm concerned that there's not, there's not more of an uprising after this. Uh, but if you've seen the video, which unfortunately I did, because it was on TikTok, and I it, I just didn't know what I was seeing, and then it happened, and I was like, what? Um, the There is just no excuse for this police department to shoot this man seven times in the back and then just let that kid go. Yeah, absolutely. So Or just let someone, even if you didn't, let someone walk around the streets... With an armed weapon. Oh, I mean, at I, all. Like, it wasn't just him. Yeah, I mean, there no, were a ton exactly. of people there. Uh, and the police are caught on video thanking them for being there, throwing them water bottles. Um, yep. So, it, it just shit's got to change, and it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen unless the majority. Or the people with power in this country put their foot down and change it because it's not enough for the people that don't have power to do it. Yeah. Um, so, yep. yep. And do we want one more bit of sad news before <laughs> we get into this? Sure. Just pile it on. on. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, unfortunately, uh, passed away last night. He is the star of 42 and, of course, Black Panther. Um, 40, he was 43 and died of colon cancer. 43. So yep. he's a great actor. And Generally a pretty, from what I understand, just a pretty good guy to be around. So Yeah, it seems so based on everyone's, uh, accounts. And, uh, what is so like amazing to me is that he was fighting colon cancer through filming. Yeah. <laughs> for the movie like what it's just uh, it's just a testament to how dedicated he was mm-hmm. um if nothing else and oh uh, man everybody like if you have health insurance use that shit and check get checked yeah. like just do it because 43 is young yep. and people get colon cancer younger um, so just get your shit checked. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Colon yep. cancer. Uh. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, so yeah. let's slightly brighten it up. Um, what's new in Luna's world? Uh, is it brighter? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so in my world, I mean, just dealing with this shit, man, like, uh, yeah, there's not a lot new. It's just coping with my body uh, trying to be a jerk and um, the news. And wa- the RNC was this week. I didn't watch it. I I stopped in on the Crooked Media stream for a little bit and I was like, I can't do this. Uh, it's just, it's a bleak week. It's, it a, it's a bleak week out there. Um, 
So, no, not a lot new other than bleakness. <laughs> but you had a show, so what's going on in yeah, your world? Yeah, the band uh, headlined Herman's Hideaway for our first time. Um, you know, it was a very small show, obviously, because they had to stop at 100 head count. Um, but we did, definitely even didn't get close to that, I can tell you that right now. It's one of those shows you have where you got like, you can see like a few pockets of people and then the bar staff and that's about it. Yeah, but, yeah. But uh, Herman's Hideaway sounds fantastic and it is the best we ever sounded. Um, oh, that's great. Once, uh, I'm gonna, at some point we're going to post some social media because we had a camera going and just from the video, like even from a cell phone footage, it sounds amazing. And so, oh, that's cool. We were super happy, you know. Had a little hiccups here and there. Uh, sure. Barnes, that's live performance. Barnes broke his high E string uh, during the first song, and oh, no. when you're a local band, you don't really bring backup guitars, so <laughs> he had to just figure out the rest of the show on oh, playing dang. a five string guitar. Which uh, he might start bringing backup guitars now. He's talking about like you never know. <laughs> Damn, yeah, that's funny. But I mean, it's live performance. Exactly, those are the things you remember looking back later on. So. Oh yeah, so yeah, that was really awesome, and that was fun. Um, and that's pretty much it. New in my world as well. Cool. So uh, you want to jump into our topic? Yeah, yeah. So uh, this week, let's talk vaccines. Um, so if you've been listening to the news, you've probably heard the president promise that we will have a vaccine by the end of the year. Uh, that it, That is definitely something that they've been hammering home this week during the Republican National Convention. Um, most scientists believe that this is exceedingly optimistic uh, and the potential and a potential recipe for a disaster because of the political environment uh, around this promise. Trump is polling very badly uh, based on his response to the coronavirus pandemic. So almost every political pundit pundit and human (laughs) with a brain uh, could probably bet money that we will see a vaccine announcement in October right before the election. Yeah. so, again, this is one of those situations where a global health crisis has become political, mm-hmm. um, and that's not good. No. I'll just go out. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it's not good that we are viewing this pandemic as a political issue and not a global human issue. Yep. Uh, so, <laughs> also... On that note, based on polling earlier this month, uh, at least 30% of Americans said that they would not take a vaccine if it was released. So, um, I'll let y'all do the math on that. Uh, Just so you know, that is not herd immunity by most scientists' standards. Some scientists say that it can be. You can do herd immunity with less than that, but still. like. Anyway, so what's going on with vaccines? Uh, I'm going to cover the most recent uh, announcement coming out of Russia. Uh, They named their vaccine Sputnik V. All right. For obvious reasons. I know what happened to one and two. Spaceman. Well, I was going to say, I know what happened to one and two, but I don't remember three and four. (laughs) I don't know. Who knows? Um,. So, yeah, they, that was this month, it's August 2020, Uh, they approved a vaccine that is effective and safe to use. Scientists around the world immediately spoke out against it because of how it was fast-tracked to approval, Mm -hmm. and, and this is important, Russia will not share any data supporting the efficacy of this vaccine. (laughs) Oh, nice. So, uh, experts say that any vaccine approved for widespread use should be tested in advance trials involving tens of thousands of people before it is, before, so that it can be proved to be safe, so that it can be licensed. Um, these things have not happened. And if they have happened, they are not willing to share that information with the world. Um, so there's just a lot of, 
doubt around this. Uh, the reception, the global reception about this news has been very lackluster. Yeah. Uh, whereas I believe Putin may have been hoping for a bigger splash, like Russia did it, yay! And everyone's like, ooh. <laughs> Trust us, it's good vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry um, about it. Oh God! Yeah, exactly. And it so he's kind of, you can imagine, probably not very happy. Yeah. I pulled a quote from an article, um, <laughs> and I just think, yeah. So uh, the quote: Moscow, Moscow Mayor Sergei Sobyanin, maybe. Sorry if I butchered that. Uh, on Wednesday, invited residents of Russia of the Russian capital to sign up for the study, calling it, quote, a unique chance to become the main participants in clinical research that will help defeat the coronavirus, end quote. Mark my words, I feel like we're going to hear the exact same quote or something very similar in October mm -hmm. from the White House. Yep. Like... Hey, don't you want to be part of this research? And you're going to help defeat the coronavirus for Trump, and Trump is doing this for you, and blah, blah, blah. And it's going to be, oh, man. Although if we can just fast forward to December, <laughs> I'd be okay. But uh, it's kind of an interesting dichotomy, though, too, because anti-vaxxers are historically right-wing. Mm. That's true. So, well, th okay, actually, let, uh, here's what I actually think. Um, okay. And, you know, it's not going to be surprising, I think, to anybody. But I think the first people that are going to be given this vaccine, any the American vaccine that will be released in October, um, I assume, it's going to be poor people mm -hmm. and brown people. Yep. People people with disabilities, people who don't have the ability, um, don't have power. Mm -hmm. And that power, power is going to be wielded against them. And we're going to see the vaccine tested on prisoners, on mm -hmm. all like vulnerable populations. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, it because that's how shit runs in our country, yep. unfortunately. So that's actually what I think. I don't think they'll t they would test it on the on Trump's base, um, but they might. I mean, poor people. There are a lot of poor poor people that support the the president for mm -hmm. some reason, and that could that could be part of the testing. But I I just yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, another quote, Russia has reported over 16,750 coronavirus-related deaths, but experts say <laughs> that the true toll of the pandemic is much higher than all reported figures due to limited testing, missed mild cases, and concealment of cases by some governments, among other factors. Mm-hmm. Are they talking about Russia or are they talking about us? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't quite tell. <laughs> the number of cases and how you handle it has become a um, dick measuring contest between leaders. For real. <laughs> so God. it's definitely very easy for all of them to be like, nah, we've got it, man. I took care of this. I'm a good leader. We have like five cases. Don't worry about it. And just like behind them, it's just a pile of dead bodies. Like, no, for we're real. Fine. <laughs> oh, it's so frustrating. Oh, anyway, nice. so yeah, that's that's but that's the Sputnik Five that uh, made a lackluster splash in the global vaccine world. Matt, are you going to talk about how vaccines are developed? Yes, and a bit about our uh, dear leader. <laughs> and <laughs> so uh, three months ago, he uh, came up with something I hate <laughs> called Operation Warp Speed. Mm -hmm. And that is the fast tracking of a vaccine. Now, um, here's the thing about that. The average uh, 
the average time it takes to develop a vaccine that works, like if you take all the vaccines that ever worked and how long it took to develop them, the average time is 10 years. Whoa. Yep. Holy crap. So scientists are being asked to do this in 12 to 18 months. I mean, I get it. Like, we do need a vaccine soon. Like, we, we're in a, a peculiar place where a lot of people are dying and mm-hmm. our economy is in shambles. Like, I get it. We want a vaccine fast, but that's real. Like, that's crazy. I didn't realize the average was that high. Yep. I thought it was like three years or something. No, the fastest ever developed that's, like, been known to work and didn't need to get revamped or anything it took five years. Holy cow. So, wow. we are... You know, I now there is, I mean, I don't want to sound all doom and gloom because according to the Wall Street Journal, it is possible to expedite it because um, of prior knowledge of uh, coronaviruses and going working with um, Mar, uh, was it SARS and mm. um, Mira? I don't know. Mostly SARS. Let's just say SARS. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. MRSA. Uh, MRSA. That's the one. Thank you. Uh, I told you I'm tired today. <laughs> Um, improvements in sequencing advancements in bioengineering technologies government support and funding and that's where our dear leader kind of came in and Mm -hmm. you know they're getting the most money that they've ever had to do this and i mean that's that's a good thing uh, but the scariest part is shortened testing timeline yeah so uh what most of them are doing right now is they're uh usually the way a vaccine goes about is they test it on cells first, obviously, because it's got to, like, do something. You know, if they just turn blue, like, you didn't actually do anything. <laughs> um, then it gets tested on small rodents, rice, uh, mice, and um, hamsters, usually. Um, after viable testing, then they move on to larger mammals. Then they move on to a very, very small test base uh, usually 10 to 25 people then a larger test base up to a thousand people and then uh, one more test base where they kind of get like 10,000 like it's a big test base at that point and then Mm -hmm. it's widely released they're overlapping these so before they're done with the rodent testing they're moving on to monkeys and uh, things of that nature and uh, the FDA has pretty much said that that's cool. So wow, I mean it's not necessarily bad, but it can be scary. And you can if they miss a step earlier and not seeing that when they're already moving on to another test phase, that can back up the entire thing, and you've lost all your speed, anyways. Yeah. Wow. And not to yeah, mention that's risky. And not to mention getting to human testing before it's been properly animal tested and tried through right. so oh that is quite risky mm. and it's like oh, what, yeah mm, that's tough oh yeah <laughs> um they're also looking at weird new ways to do it so the way they develop a normal flu vaccine is not going to work for covid okay um i can't remember why but um there's a really good video on uh, Wall Street Journal about this. But essentially, so they're looking at other ways, um, mostly attacking uh, parts of the cell that it, uh, of the COVID virus that attach to your cell. That's one way around it. Um, and a couple other ways that are viable, but just the way they develop the, the regular flu vaccine you get every year isn't going to work for it. Um, and I think now that I mentioned it, it was a timeline thing. It's going to take too long. To do it that way. Okay. Um, but uh, they're also looking at um, uh, DNA engineering as a possibility. Whoa. And this has never been done on humans before. Hmm. So that's scary and that's a thing. Yeah, that's, that's definitely scary. <laughs> like, this is how we get cyborgs. Like, yeah <laughs> or, or genetic cleansing yeah so like, oh. um but on a happier note unc chapel hill has some interesting stuff oh really now this isn't gonna 
the timeline for this isn't going to work for COVID, but it could be something uh, because of COVID that gets them the money and the advancement to do something that they call a universal flu immunity. So it's this a group called Ready R E A D D I Rapidly Emerging Antiviral Drug Discovery Initiative. And they discussed this in February before the virus really kicked off and it's a way they're looking at a way to have our cells slow down during flu season so you can't uh, so the flu can't replicate in your own body, and then it will just die out. Whoa. And what does that mean, slow down? Uh, j- just that. It slows down. It's. Uh, we all go into hibernation? <laughs> Not quite. Like, apparently it'd be uh, more akin to, like, when you take headache medicine, it uh, causes your blood vessels to expand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're looking at trying to like take a medication that does something to your body that mm-hmm. stops the flu from re- replicating rather than attacking the flu. It's just uh, making it so it can't do its thing. Right. And yeah. that would ma- if this is possible, that would make it so this that would be it that you wouldn't have a different yeah. flu vaccine every year. You would have, you know. Day or your Nyquil flu that you take during flu season, and right. you know we get through it. Um, oh, that's wild! I have so many questions. There's n- there's not a lot of information on it. There's another good video I watched about that though. It's really interesting, and it actually came up before we decided we're doing vaccine stuff. That uh, was talking about why we don't have one yet, um, which I can also tell you is because. The closest thing we have related to COVID is SARS, and there is not a SARS vaccine. Right, um, yeah. Because every time that we have a SARS outbreak, yeah, it's a big thing, and everyone kind of scrambles, but then it sort of subsides, and everyone's like, now we're good. We actually don't need that, and they kind of forget about it. And, right, And they lose yeah. all their funding, so then they stop looking at the SARS vaccine. So, Yeah, there's just not a high, um, well, I mean... Nobody seems to have like any dedication toward <laughs> yeah <laughs> any <laughs> medical research unless it's like killing you immediately, which sucks because that's why we weren't we aren't ready for this shit. Yeah, well, I wouldn't necessarily put it that way. I'd say there's some people that really want to, but no one's gonna pay for it unless. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, it's the funding. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a lot of virologists out there that are really trying, and they've been trying. They've been telling us f- actually for a couple of years, like we're due for a super big pandemic. We should probably gear up for this. And everyone's like, "No, we're good. Don't worry about it." Yep, exactly. Um. So Ooh. yeah. So initially, uh, our dear leader said, uh, "You know, we're going to have a vaccine in January," <laughs> and that was three months ago. And now, according to his most recent speech, we will have it. Uh, by December or November, I don't know. He pushed up the timeline just randomly. I'm sure no one probably told him anything. And yeah, yeah. knowing the rich oh. people that I've been around and worked around, they just yell stuff and expect it to happen. So that's I'm assuming yeah, man, what he's so doing. That is so accurate. God, <laughs> that is real. They just say things and they're like, "So why hasn't it happened?" And you're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> it's not how this works. Like, you have to do these 400 other things to make that thing happen. Whew. So, uh, yeah, and there's a lot of dangers, like you mentioned, of pushing up that timeline and pushing stuff. Even if we get a vaccine that's out and working, they're going to be making giant vats of it to get it out to everybody. And they're going to be moving so fast that if something happens to one of those vats, we're not going to know before hundreds of thousands of people possibly have already had an issue with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and if we, if you think about like you were talking about the sped up timelines and I was thinking about a a podcast I'd listened to a while ago and I think it might've been science versus, I'm not sure, but it might've been uh, the New York times daily too. I'm not sure. It's, it's one of those two probably. And they were saying that because of the sped up, timeline and this warp speed uh thing that they are already producing like they have vaccines in production mm-hmm. 
that may just need to be thrown away. But that's so much money and so much waste yep. that we would be generating just just on the chance that like maybe this would. It's just. It's tough, man. Like, yes, we need a vaccine. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is like a pandemic, but it's also risky. It's just really risky. And it sucks that we don't have a way to do this safely. And what really sucks is that we have, there's a massive part of the population that does not trust our uh, the leadership of our country. Yeah. So like when... You know, if you think to other presidents that maybe you did trust and they say, hey, we have this vaccine. Here are all the reasons why it's safe. Um, You know, please get vaccinated with your family, et cetera, et cetera. That's not going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) With this guy. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, kind of more doom and gloom. But when you think about it, if uh, so, best case scenario, one comes out, it works perfectly. um, Mm -hmm and all that there's still a very big contingent that wouldn't take it regardless of how safe it is, regardless of who tells them who has it. There's a reason why we have anti-vaxxers and Mm anti-maskers And the problem with that in their whole, like, well, if your kid has the mumps vaccine, then why should mine? Because he should be protected. Mm -hmm. They, they uh, mutate. So if this whole group of people doesn't get the vaccine, then the virus can mutate, and now the vaccine is completely pointless and broken. Right, and now we all get sick. And now anyway. we get sick, anyways. <laughs> so it's it's very scary. Um, I'd say my biggest takeaway from most of this is I've heard from friends in my personal life and things saying like, "Oh, once we get the vaccine, we'll be good to go." Like we just got to wait for it. I wouldn't hang your hopes on a vaccine. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, it's a terrible thing to say, but it's like, that's, I don't think that's something you should just hang out and wait for. And like the world will be better once we get a vaccine. I don't, I don't think that, well, I, I mean, it might be a thing, but I don't think we're going to get a vaccine in the time frame that we all want and hope we get. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely feel like way saying that I, I, two things. I think that saying that oh let's just wait for the vaccine i think that that's you know maybe something that people need to do to like mentally get through this time Mm -hmm. but i i agree i don't necessarily think that that's going to be what uh like a massive savior that rides in and it's like the vaccine is here i think we just need to kind of shift the way we live i think that we need to continue with the masks exactly washing our hands a lot and social distancing. And this is just going to be the way it it is for a while. Yeah. I've generally prepared myself mentally that this is the new normal till at least mid 2022. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. If we get a vaccine out there and it works perfectly and not everything, then awesome. But I'm prepared Mm -hmm. to just be like, well, I'm not going anywhere uh, till mid 2022. Yeah. Not vacation wise. And I'm not going to, see you till you know at least 2022 yeah yeah i know (laughs) it's just i just i feel like it's a hard truth that is to accept but sometimes you just got to be like because then you get less surprised when they're like well this is canceled now like well okay yeah yeah just like well everything's canceled okay (laughs) just accept everything is canceled (laughs) yeah it's like i don't i really don't know the next time i'll feel comfortable traveling uh but would you, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, I'm hopeful for a vaccine. Of course, I hope it comes out and I hope it works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if there's the science behind it, then of course I'll take it. Yep. Um, but I I agree that I, with the people saying that I'm not going to take a vaccine if the only person saying that I should take it is our president. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't believe he has my best interest. Yeah. Well, no matter, no matter what, I'm not being in the first round. At all for right, yeah. I'm not gonna. I don't want to be a test (laughs) because, because one, I want to make sure there's enough for people that really need it. If it is Mm -hmm. like a perfectly working virus, you know, vaccine and everything. But also, yeah, it could it could have definitely adverse effects that we don't see for 
a while down the line or even right away you can see some stuff and it's yeah i just don't want to be in the trial exactly yeah so yeah that's depressing (laughs) yeah what a a delightful episode civil unrest more black people being shot in the back seven times um well i think and a white kid with an assault rifle being not shot at even though he's walking towards the police with a gun. I and now a vaccine episode that is utterly depressing. So, um cheers guys. <laughs> uh, I mean, it sort of lends us into the next portion of our show cuz what can we sure. do to distract ourselves from everything yeah. you just mentioned? Oh boy. <laughs> well, um I've been distracting myself. I mentioned that I got HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been distracting myself with the show I May Destroy You. Um, I just watched it this week. I, I watched it within the week. And it's really interesting. It's a British show written by... I forgot her name. Um, she is African and British. And she is like a firecracker of a, a young up-and-coming artist. Mm. Um it's the show is about uh this it's about her uh, like her own experience she and she stars in her own show she um went was out partying and was sexually assaulted but didn't realize it at the time mm-hmm. and figured it out afterwards um so it's like a it's pretty interesting the way that she does it what i really appreciate about the show is that it digs into um, how this culture of like absolutism where it's like there's no nuance that's not sustainable even for survivors of abuse and it's true if you're a survivor of abuse you know that it might be easier to say you know this person said this strange thing so they're let's disappear them Mm -hmm. or this you know like that whole i don't want to like say cancel culture because now that has like a whole yeah connotation to it but like that idea of just destroying someone for like not i'm not talking about like the person that did the assault Mm -hmm. i'm talking about people that have like said something strange or they were in an awkward situation or they they have done something questionable or whatever but just like that living that life is not sustainable to be able to deal with it and healing from abuse is much more complex than screaming at people and living this like black white world um and I haven't seen that message, especially from the younger generation. Um, and it was incredibly brave. I hate saying that too, but <laughs> it, was, it was a really refreshing thing to see uh, because I just haven't been seeing that. And I think that nuance is important. And I, I understand where everyone's coming from, where it's like, this person did this thing and they should be canceled i understand where you're coming from with that i think that nuance can't be lost we cannot live in a world where everybody gets their rocks off for being performative and screaming at people because it's not how we're going to fix problems you don't get laws changed like that yeah um so yeah that's what i I watched and i've been reading the book little fires everywhere and that's been good too so nice yeah what about you um been watching a few movies. I rewatched Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think it's a lot less in depth than the movie you're talking about, but you know, <laughs> it has an Ant-Man and a Wasp in it. So hey <laughs> Actually, I do enjoy that one a lot. It's um, I think it gets a bit of a bad rap for being like one of the smaller, you know, Marvel movies, and it came in after mm-hmm. Infinity War. But it's like it, I don't know. It's a good rest between Infinity War and Endgame. Like it's. Yeah, the, it's, a, the it's world's, not a bad movie. The world's not at stake. Paul Rudd's, you know, charming and yeah, it's, it's, a, a, fun it's a movie. movie. It's a fun movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just watched actually right before this podcast. I watched Batman Ninja, which is a <laughs> Japanese anime Batman movie. 
that uh, Batman gets uh, time-traveled back to feudal Japan, along with all his villains. Hmm. Interesting. It is the right level of crazy, and is very enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Uh, Interesting. movie there <laughs> but not surprising at all if that's what you've been watching yeah that's that's about where i'm at is uh superhero stuff that yeah that and still getting through the star treks uh i'm getting to like the more of the known ones i just watched space seed which is the one oh. uh yeah where rathacon is uh, like the sequel to it and mm-hmm. it's great yay yeah that's good stuff so yeah I love it. just watching stuff and then prepping for the the show basically distract yourself from the craziness with predictable craziness yeah fictional craziness yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean the stuff i was watching was based on very real issues mm-hmm. i just it was, it was just nice like i said it was refreshing to see something where you could taste the complexity of the situation yeah. and if you've been in these situations you understand that that's reality mm-hmm. and uh, it's much more healing to me to see something like that than to see people screaming at each other and canceling each other for t- sometimes rightfully so but sometimes it's just a revenge thing and that doesn't feel healing to me that catharsis is not healing to me yeah. personally uh, like i can't speak for anyone else so from my personal shoes I enjoyed that show. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's get into our favorite part of this podcast, Only in a Pandemic. And major civil unrest, still. (laughs) Still. (laughs) So, yeah, stories that can only happen in a pandemic or major civil unrest. What do you got? Uh, So, (laughs) only in a pandemic. Uh, can I order an entire bottle of wine that I will then take home from the bar and moodily drink it while yell talking to strangers six feet away? <laughs> <laughs> that is not something I would ever have done. That's very 2020. Um, it is very 2020. <laughs> and like I caught myself like I I haven't been leaving the house and, you know, I've been kind of yeah shutting myself away especially as i haven't been feeling well this week and all this stuff and i was like you know what fuck it i'm gonna go to fallout i'm gonna drink a glass of wine and then i got there and i was like i'm gonna order a bottle of wine because you can take you know you order alcohol from bar and take it Mm -hmm. home so uh i ordered a bottle of wine and poured a glass and was just sitting there moodily like like seriously like almost cartoonish like i was like (laughs) had my head in my hand and one hand on the bottle on the glass of wine there's a bottle of wine in front of me and i'm just like sipping it like very moodily just drinking this this glass of wine and then i was like sitting there and i was i saw a couple people that i am familiar with but not like friends with like they i just don't know them very well Mm -hmm. and i and we started talking about like philosophy behind socioeconomic class in Richmond and but we're six feet away so there's a lot of huh yeah what and we're just like (laughs) trying to understand each other um it was an interesting experience and I was like yeah this is this is not normal (laughs) so yeah that's my story for this week what about you uh only in a pandemic will I see a movie because I feel bad for the movie Oh no! <laughs> I'm probably gonna go see uh, New Mutants this weekend because poor Oof. New Mutants just cannot <laughs> catch a break. Although apparently it's, the views aren't great, but I'm just like this. They this poor it movie. was a bad sign. They <laughs> they didn't have a review. Like they didn't get reviews. They didn't release it to critics at all yeah. before they opened it's always a bad sign <laughs> it is but i'm just like this poor movie cannot catch a break i might just have to give it a, you know my few dollars to be like uh, yeah. you tried i'm sorry <laughs> i'll probably see it just because i have the pass um yeah but i, I yeah but yeah thinking I'm about uh, excited about it yeah getting back to theaters because bill and ted came out too but, yeah, that that happened. I'm definitely going back. I mean, yeah. uh, my partners uh, will be here 
tomorrow and we're going to meet up with a couple people and go watch Tenet um, in the pre-release or whatever it is. I don't know, yeah. whatever. But I'm, I'm just going to be happy to be back at a movie. I'm excited about everything I'm hearing about their process and how there's like no touch and how you have like a bubble around you of seats yep. <laughs> so you can't you won't be near anybody and I, i'm kind of excited about that so yeah it's kind of funny that we're going to meet up with other people to sit in a theater very far apart <laughs> and not talk yeah i'm curious how that works with groups because like say if you and me go and we pay on our own cards <laughs> Can we get seats together, or is it going to force us to have to be separate? I think it forces you to be separate, yeah. but I, in my opinion, it's like if you get the seats next to each other and you have the bubble, yeah. then just sit in the seats in the middle, and then you have a wide bubble. Or you just put your jackets and food in the middle seats, because I know you, and you're oh. not going to steal my food. Hmm. <laughs> Weird. I don't know why you would be worried about that. No, because I'd get something chocolate so you wouldn't steal it. I mean, desperate times. <laughs> Did you get your uh, free large uh, popcorn and soda for your birthday? You didn't no, see that email? I no, yeah. I haven't gone um, to to get it. Ah. But yeah, so. no, I saw that email. I was like, oh, I still get my birthday thing. Hooray. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, check I, your I will pass. definitely. You'll probably have a free large popcorn and large soda for your birthday. That's awesome. I will totally use that. Unfortunately, I'm not supposed to be eating butter. So. Oh, yeah. I always get it without butter, but we'll see if I die. We'll find out because I'm definitely still getting popcorn. There's no <laughs> way. Like You don't it, not I, get popcorn. Yeah. I'm, I mean, if I die by popcorn, I'll take it. <laughs> like, put it on the headstone. <laughs> Like, it's just the way it's going to be. <laughs> I died how I lived, eating popcorn. <laughs> eating popcorn. <laughs> That's so true. Oh, my God. If there's one thing I've eaten more than anything else, it's popcorn. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, wrap this up with our hermit level. So on the Leonardo DiCaprio scale of a 10 being Howard Hughes and you're living completely by yourself, collecting your pee in jars... And a one being the Wolf of Wall Street going out and doing blow off a of hooker's asses. Where where are you at this week? Can I do blow off my own ass? I think we discussed this once, and I would <laughs> I would be very impressed if you could do that. I feel like I have a lot of time on my hands to figure it out. I feel like you can do an OnlyFans page and just do that and make a ton of money. Like even fully clothed, and it would still work. Watch this. <laughs> Well, this week I'm at a nine. Yeah. Uh, I would say I would have said a nine point five, but I did go out yeah. and I did sit sulkily at a table by myself <laughs> <laughs> and then talk to a couple people. So nine point five, and I stayed for like forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that was my stamina. So yeah, yeah, just hanging out home. There you go. Playing with my plant babies. <laughs> what about you? I'd say probably a six-ish. Because uh, uh, we did have the show yesterday, but uh, I did not schmooze or uh, chat with people. And honestly, I don't do that anyways. I'm the kind of, I'm the lead singer that doesn't talk to people and just kind of hangs out on <laughs> the side. Unless people approach me, and at this time in the world, no one's approaching you. So. Yeah, nobody is approaching anybody. Don't talk to people. So I was in the group, but socially I didn't really interact with a ton of people except my band and the sound guy. Um, oh, and the door guy. Door guy was really awesome last night, too. But uh, So yeah, right in there, right in the middle. Cool. So yeah, I think that'll do it for another episode where can Hell yeah. where can people That's find awesome. you on those interwebs? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at l u n a underscore m i n u i t. Yep. And if they want to get <laughs> That's us, where you can find me, uh, if you can find us at Goth and Sloth at uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, 
and at gothandsloth at gmail.com if you have any questions, ideas, if you want to bitch about anything, t- talk to Matt about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's what about you? Where where are you and all the you things? You can get me on Twitter at wizard underscore Matt or Instagram wizard cosplay. My band is Leonardo Leonardo. You can find us Leonardo Leonardo Band on uh, SoundCloud and Facebook. And my YouTube channel is Matt the Feral Wizard, where I came out with just another drunk unboxing because COVID, and that's what you can film at home. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Co- drunk boxes. Yep. That can happen still. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I think that'll do it. So uh, thanks for uh, joining us for another episode. Make sure you uh, rate us on iTunes, on the app, or, you know, share this with friends or whatever you can. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, Wash your hands, please. And wear your mask.